Welcome to the Mostly AV Who We Are show. In this series, we highlight an AV professional, learn more about their story, and get their take on our industry. And now, without further ado, please welcome our hosts, Michelle Lorette and Jerry Gallegos. Well, hello. Welcome to the Mostly AV podcast. I'm Michelle Lorette. And I'm Jerry Gallegos. And we're still alive. Yay. And it's 2021. And I've just, I've been slacking on my podcast duties. If we got paid for it or if I would ever not be lazy and get some sponsors, I might be more motivated, but (laughs) (laughs) so much for my volunteerism. But I, I did find uh, a person, place or thing that has inspired us to get back in the saddle. Um, and that person is um, Mike Brown Sestero. He's he's uh, he's one of the few men I know that have a, a hyphen name, which I love, by the way. Uh, much like my my buddy Randy Duet Champagne, that was with Summit for many many years. Later, trucks down in New Orleans, um, and he is doing a show in Las Vegas, which is where I believe where he lives. I, I mean, I assume he lives there since that's where he works. Um, I doubt he commutes from California. Um, so without further ado, hey, Mike, how are you? Actually, I, I fly in on my G5 every day from Florida. Do you? <laughs> nice, nice. I, I, knew you were, I knew you were a baller, so that's awesome. Uh, and to clarify, uh, it's a trade show. Because when you tell people you have a show in Vegas, that could mean a lot of things. And it's a trade show that we're talking about. I was thinking fishnet hose. I wanted to see lots of plumage. Yeah, I was thinking, (laughs) no, no, not like a Vegas show, an actual audiovisual professional trade show, which... With exhibit booths and demo rooms and panel discussions. Yay! All all that jazz. I know. So so where did... uh, so where did you get the inspiration to uh, to be the first? I mean, you're almost a pioneer. You're re-pioneering the, the trade show space. You've done this before, correct? This is not your yes, first. Yes, as I'm being constantly reminded that I'm the first. And for some reason, I've had several people say, well, you know, if you did it in June, you'd do better. I'm like, mm, I, I'm not sure what two weeks difference is going to make, honestly. And Psychologically, it, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm not. I'm really not sure. Like, I've had some people say, you know, if you bump to July, that's Q3, and our budgets change. Okay, yeah, that I understand that. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but but I don't get just going two weeks later. And it was one one major multi brand company that was actually asking me to move it two weeks later, strictly for them. Uh, Were they going to be a platinum sponsor? No. Uh, then uh, shaking it up and looking at my magic eight ball, my sources say no. Yes. yes that, that ended up being the answer. Um, but so to answer your question, last year, 2020 <laughs> was the year when all the AV uh, trade shows and all the trade shows that aren't necessarily AV or, or lighting, but have a fair bit of it were in Vegas. So obviously Infocom was in Vegas. LDI I was so looking forward to that. Vegas. Yeah. Um, but even shows like uh, Digital Signage Expo, which is now defunct. Um, the HD Expo, which is hospitality design. They have an AV section. They were in Vegas. Light Fair, which always bounces back and forth. Us and the East Coast. Mm-hmm. They were in Vegas. Um, Light Show West, uh, which is also defunct. Um, yeah, all the shows. There were like 11 AV or trade shows with a significant AV presence in Vegas in 2020. And of course they all canceled. Wow. Um, Right. NAM in Anaheim was the last trade show for the AV industry. 
Um, so we wow. haven't had one since January. And at the time, remember back in April of 2020, we were talking about, oh, you know, we're going to close for two or three weeks. We'll flatten the curve. And then, then we're back in business. I thought that's uh, how it worked, but I didn't, I didn't know. It, yeah, it didn't, it didn't quite work out that way. So the show originally was scheduled for September, 2020. Then we uh, pushed to February and I was fortunate enough see a think tank report in November that said that there was a high likelihood of violence and violent protests surrounding the inauguration. Oh. Um, and uh, so then we moved later in the spring, which probably from a, from a, a, you know, people being comfortable traveling standpoint was the right move regardless. Right. So here we are May 13th at the Orleans hotel in Las Vegas. It's a full day, you know, but it's a trade show, all the trade show stuff. That's also well, you know, and so from um, from an audiovisual snob perspective, they're used to, you know, the big national shows. But yeah. I come from structured cabling for those that I haven't mentioned that to a million times. Um, and so their <laughs> trade organization is, is Big C and those are done in like, you know, the MGM Grand. I mean, that, like that yeah. is their national show. Sorry, you know, guy. And what's interesting is, is Big C is a great example because Big C is a smaller show. Uh, you could argue that given that it's network focused, it is a much more pervasive show. There's many more people in the world who would attend, who would be interested in a Bixie type show than an Infocom. Yeah. Right. Show or it's NAD. not quite so knit. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, when you get your RCDD, you get a stamp. See, exactly. uh, where's your CTSD stamp, huh, Avixa? I'm just throwing that out there. I got ideas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but on the flip side, Bixie costs money. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no way to, a, there's no code for Bixie. No, no, no. I know. If you want to go. You're paying like seven, eight, nine hundred dollars yeah. as an attendee. And that's what I always thought was like, wow, these huge shows at like Las Vegas Convention Center and Orlando and they're the attendees. It's free to go. I just that was amazing to me. I was always fascinated ever since I started. Right. Attending. And so I've gotten that feedback, too, like because uh, because Cavalo uh, mm -hmm. is free uh, to attend uh -huh. um, and people have said, well, you know, it. It, it, we're not really interested in booths. You should have more education. And we're working on the education component as well. Yes. But, uh, we might have something to announce later this week or early next. But that being said, when I tell people, okay, well, what do you think pays for yeah. educational seminars? It's the booths or it's you. It's one or the other. Somebody has right. to pay for the hotel space. Somebody has to pay for the hotel rooms. Right. The setup and the teardown and the travel expenses and all that jazz and the marketing and all that stuff. So I always find it funny that people don't get that the reason conferences cost and these money is because somebody has to pay the bill. Right, right, right. Yeah. Exactly. It, it, I, I'm, I, you know, I am, I love commercial AV. I've been in commercial AV for years and years. And well, actually I can, I, I can literally say decades now. And, um, as much as I love it, I am not getting a trade show for the altruistic, you know, to kind of <laughs> have a big kumbaya moment with, right. yeah. with my rest of my uh, AV tweet. Although I'm looking forward to seeing them and I'm sure there'll be a beer or two tossed back. Um, we are in a hotel casino, so there might be a bar nearby. Sure. Um, uh, but really it's about getting the industry back in gear and back in motion and back face to face. Yeah. Right. 
I love that. No, I think it's very exciting. I mean, and for those that, you know, have the resources and availability and interest, you know, um, and wherewithal, hey, more power to you. I, I, I think people, they need something to look forward to. Right. I think there will be plenty of people that are ready. I, I think there's pent up demand. I oh, mean, there's, there totally is. We're only a little over a week uh, after uh, opening registration. We're uh -huh. a month away from the show. We're already into the triple digits for registered ah! attendees. Nice, awesome. And, awesome. and even yeah. though we are, we we're we're it's a regional show. And, yeah, and we're proud to say that. And we are focusing on Arizona, California, Nevada, Utah. Mm -hmm. People who would easily jump in their car and drive to Vegas, probably because they've done it many times before sure um and it's easy right they they get in their car two three four hours boom they're in vegas easy peasy um we have people registered from washington someone registered wow, from yeah. pennsylvania um i'm not even sure how they heard about it because our email list is very targeted to those four states mm -hmm. and the email lists that uh we've gotten some from uh, from some of our media partners are for those four states but hey they're more than welcome. There's a great hotel rate from the Orleans um, that I've had people tell me it's a great hotel rate. That's how I know it's a great hotel rate. Uh, so more than welcome. I don't care where you're coming from. Come. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah. And you're the hotel rates you have held until April. What? There was an April. Was it 21st? Okay, so April 21st, another week, another, week. Yes. another week to get the group raid on the hotel if you yes. want to stay. And, and I'd love to hold it longer, but really the hotel at some point, they need to release that block of rooms. Absolutely. To the general public. Because sure. They're, they're in business of selling hotel rooms. So I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and some people might still have like, you know, points at another hotel or something nearby. Oh, you know how it is, yeah, right? Yeah. So you know, we're only, we're less than, I think we're a mile and a third from the strip. Uh, we are just under a mile from a couple of other national brands. If you'd rather stay at, at, at one of the chain hotels. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there's options. You don't have to stay at the Orleans. I just think, you know, 60 bucks a night, including resort fee is a pretty good rate. Oh, that's extremely that's reasonable. Yeah. Oh, heck yeah. So uh, tell me about some of these panel discussions. Can you share? I mean, have I've seen you've done a little teasing. I mean, have yes, you yes, yes. So we have um, we have four panel discussions uh, scheduled uh, and two of them have been uh, have been on the books, so to speak, for for quite a while. Uh, and that's the uh, the 930 and the 11 a.m. Mm -hmm. uh, panels. The first one is UCC has gone mainstream, the new normal in workplace design. And that's really a focus on how has our physical environment changed because of COVID. Uh, and, and maybe not even necessarily directly because of COVID, but the things that came out of COVID like work from home, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So uh, now you're looking uh, and and by the way, that panel features uh, uh, Zach Broyles, who's a local architect, uh, does commercial spaces, uh, Kevin Potts of Coherent Design, and uh, Mark Coxon from Tangram Interiors. Nice. Formerly of Tangram Interiors. Formerly, yes. Officially now, formally of uh. Tangram. Um, but, but so you look at, for example, you know, the, the, the smart employer and or landlord is looking to rent their commercial space out and, and attract the most uh, type of, uh, the greatest number of potential tenants is looking at, okay, now I've got to have um, 
uh, not just office space and a meeting room. I also need to start having huddle rooms mm -hmm. and I need to have to, I need probably need some flex spaces that can be, that can convert from just one person doing a meeting to multiple people doing a webinar to some sort of online presentation. I need to pay a little bit more attention to my technology, especially my internet backbone. I probably need a, a thicker pipe than I was planning on before. Right. Uh, and then I also need to make sure if I'm the employer that I know what is the equipment uh, assembly ensemble that I want to put together for my employees for that are going to be a, that are going to be working from home, even if it's just part of the time. I want to make sure they have a decent camera. Maybe it's a camera combi mic. If it's a separate mic, a decent mic, make sure their laptop is set up properly, all that sort of stuff. So that's that's the right. 930 one. And that's really focused on, on design. The 11 o'clock one is a little more for integrators. Um, we love our integrators. I'm also an integrator. I'm a licensed contractor yes. here in Nevada. Nice. Um, and this one is focused on the education market. It's called the evolution of education technology mm -hmm. from overhead projectors to virtual classrooms, mass notification, beyond. And what struck me is, and I'm not a, uh, my company, uh, Embassy Services, is not a huge player in the education market. We do a little bit of work with a couple of the state schools, but there are companies out there who focus is all education. Yes. And particularly, and then it gets segmented. I know someone who is all K-12. Yep. All they do. And I know someone who's all higher ed and that's all they'll do. Um, right. But the one thing they have in common is how IP centric technology has become on campuses. Um, and it's not just because of the virtual classroom, which was, which is, I think, kind of been turbocharged because of 2020, but also because of things like mass notification and entire classroom control systems. So Manny Kitagawa from Atlas IED, they have a phenomenal uh, mass notification um, uh, product line. They uh, do. Joe, yeah. Joe Way from USC. And Go Trojans. Who's a project manager for Carousel Industries and also used to be on the Nevada Board of Education. Oh, They're cool. gonna discuss like how important that is and why it's important and why any integrator who's approaching a campus project can't think of you know, uh, a ceiling projector and four speakers. Those right. days are long, long gone. Even if all that classroom is getting is a ceiling speaker or ceiling projector and four ceiling speakers, there's all sorts of interconnectivity, uh, system override, you know, what we commonly refer to as a fire mute, but also there's video versions of that now where yep. messages come in. There's centralized locking and unlocking of every door on campus. Mm -hmm. surveillance that has to be tied in the ability to for for any if there's any kind of incident for the responding fire department or whomever to be able to talk to individual classrooms or an entire building all at once uh, and give them instructions it's a it, it's it's really kind of it's become its own little ecosystem yes and although i suspect there are corporate campuses that are being designed to the same kind of standard with the same questions I think your average conference room, restaurant, bar, uh, church doesn't have this kind of tense, intense, intense IP centricity. Right. Um, right correct. So, so I think that that's going to be a great one. That's going to be a great one. Uh, we have two more that we've added in the afternoon. Um, the show must go on, uh, which is uh, about live. If you're if you're in the live business, whether you're yeah. a promoter or an event producer or you're a contractor who works on live venues, whether that's house of worship or showrooms or concert venues, whatever, some things have changed, right? 
Some right. things have changed because of 2020. And how how do we do that? You know, Live Nation um, announced that they're bringing all their employees back from furlough this month. Oh, they did. I didn't see oh, that. Okay. Yes. So okay. they're getting ready for the summer touring season. Uh huh. But things are different. Going to right. a concert, at least in the next few months, will definitely be different than it was pre-March 2020. Well, it depends uh, on where in the world you are. It'll be different here in the U.S., but I don't know, like down under or somewhere. I saw some concert and I was like, well, that just looks like 1999. I don't know. Sure. And you're, yeah. yeah, but there's also some countries that have in, that have um, put in uh, vaccine passports. Yes. You go to the concert, show your passport. Yeah. Uh, most Asian companies, months ago, sometime last summer, you woke up and your phone already had a contact tracing app installed on it. It wasn't option. Right. It just happened, right? So, so there's all these different. So here in the U.S., it's be a little bit different, but we've got uh, John Trace, who's the technical director from the Smith Center, which is our kind of premier Broadway concert venue. Okay. Um, Dan Abdallah from Four Wall Entertainment, uh-huh. uh, and Kim Scott from Intrigue Shows. She's she's really good. She used to work for Cirque. Management oh, nice. Shows. She works for uh, Stream a Seat now. Uh, she gets live. Uh, live is her thing. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, so that one, uh, that one is actually going to be moderated by Mr. Mark. So that's- oh, good. He's a very good moderator. He, uh, he did the AV executives deal down in New Orleans last time they had that. Um, so and the fourth one is a big bonus. And this has not been publicly announced yet. Ooh. Are we getting uh, a scoop? Are we you getting, are the scoop? getting the scoop? All right. What's the AV scoop? Insert sound effect here. Uh, 3.30, 3.30 in the afternoon, best practices in tech, which is uh-huh. a discussion about technological trends and how how to use technology to maximize user experience and customer satisfaction. A lot of times people install tech, our clients, right. even as a contractor, clients will approach us and say, we saw XYZ, went to our competitor, we went to a trade show, we went to New York, we went to LA, and, and we want that. And when I say why, then they're like, well, because they have it. Cool. cool. And I'm like, okay, I'll put it in just because if it's cool, but it'd be great if we knew what the end result is you're trying to achieve so that we know that that, that technology is just the tool to deliver that experience, whatever that might be. And literally, you know, for some sports bars, it's literally just about having the biggest screen on the block, right? Okay. Absolutely. Right. You can do that, right? But some other places are a little more nuanced what they're trying to get out of it. So we want to we wanna identify that. And this panel... I think is really, really well versed to discuss that based on what they do now and what they used to do, where they've been, their their experience. Uh, Brandy Alvarado uh, uh-huh. from BAM Marketing, uh, yes, uh, in the past worked for Mad Systems and RP Visuals. Yes, yes, she was. Uh, yeah, she was in charge of marketing when we were the RP Visual rep. She's amazing. Yeah, she's yep. really good. Tammy Fuqua from Control Concepts. I love me some Tammy. Whoop whoop. Yeah, Green. Kara Green from Nanolumens. Awesome. Awesome. They are our panelists for, for that uh, for that 331. And we're really excited about that. We think that's going to be a good one. And I also think that's a good one, whether you're whether you're a manufacturer, an integrator, a consultant, an end user, whether if you're in the production or rental world versus installation, I think that's a good one for everybody. Oh, absolutely. That's a good yeah. one for everybody yeah. to sit in on. It's a general conversation in the industry period that we had. Yeah, and I think it needs to be had at a fairly uh, I, I wanted to say high level, but I don't want to make it sound like we're taking it out of reach of some of, well, I want to, I want thoughtful, to be, thoughtful. Yeah, level. It needs to be thoughtful and approachable. Yeah. And, and people understand, because I think if you facilitate the quest 
that if you facilitate answering that question, why are we installing this particular tech? Mm-hmm. Again, regardless of whether it's video conferencing gear in a conference room or uh, a video wall shaped, shaped like a half pipe for, for a concert tour, at some point in all these endeavors, there's somebody who's thinking of the idea, somebody who's paying for the idea, and in between them, somebody who's providing installing, maintaining, building the idea, right? And if you can get all those folks on the same page as to what it is we're doing and why it is we're doing it, what's the end result we're looking for, that's better for everyone. That's the, that's, you know, nobody likes a project that ends up without the desired intent. But if you never told anyone what the desired intent was, highly likely to get that, that result, then everybody's unhappy and, you know, it, it's just not good. I'd rather everybody know why we're doing it, what's the end result, what's the end goal, and then let's all get on the same page and make sure we're delivering that product. Right. Up. Well, I, you know, and I think that's that is something that's a little bit of a struggle across many different aspects of our industry is thinking about that user experience, and and it starts in product management. What? Yep. I'm. Yep. I'm talking to you product managers that build stuff and oftentimes they're not thinking about the user experience Um, back to the actual manufacturer itself. Present company, not excluded. I I keep trying to explain. We're trying to, nobody's beating down your door because they need another AV manufacturer calling on them. Right. So can we not create, can we create a frictionless experience? Can, can we roll out a Disney carpet, if you will, you know, like it's about the yeah, user. And, experience. And, and I get it. Every manufacturer can't make every product that everybody wants. Right. Right. I get right. it. There's economies of scale. There's, there's, you know, there's probably some really bad ideas out there. Uh-huh. Uh, but there's a variety of reasons why they would or would not. Um, and so I, I totally get that and I respect it. Um, by the same token, there are some manufacturers out there. I was just earlier today on a social media platform, actually uh. chatting about one of them, who's not the biggest manufacturer in their particular product uh, market segment mm-hmm. in the world. But not once, but twice, I have sketched up ideas for them, sent it to them, and within days, the product was announced. And this was years ago, and both products are still in their catalog, so I know they must be selling. Right, right, right. Now, I also know one of the products in particular is a little problem solver. Uh I know that if you don't have that problem, you don't need that product. Right. But all that being said, manufacturers, I think sometimes, to your point, Michelle, they decide upfront what the industry needs is. Yes. Not, and then they build it. But they never ever actually ask anyone in the industry. Yes. Do yeah. we need another agent switcher? I don't know. Exactly. I know. Yeah. You know, well, <laughs> maybe if it had this feature or if it has <laughs> that feature, I would love it. But if all you're going to do is give me another, you know, full rack with four input, one output switcher. I don't know that we need another yeah. one. Yeah, well, what's the call to action? Yeah, I know, right? Or ceiling speakers. Like everybody, every time somebody rolls out with their new, like now we make ceiling speakers. Okay, well, yeah. what's unique about your ceiling speaker? Because the ceiling speaker market has been pretty established for, I don't know, 50 years? Yeah. Years. What makes yours unique? And sometimes I think manufacturers lose sight of that, which, you know, uh, 
I don't know what to do about that. I mean, we'd yeah. love to, uh, you know, there's more think tanks. Yeah. Gotta Sometimes the, the thing that makes it unique is that you get the discount on the back end. <laughs> yeah. Products, you know? <laughs> going with one, one, one manufacturer's environment, you know, complete yeah, right. environment. Yeah, you're on, you're on the VIR program. So yeah. they're bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. Well, I think this is a great thing. I'm, I'm not surprised, honestly, um, because I, I've heard a lot of buzz. So I'm not surprised that you're getting people out of your target market, right? That you were looking to attract. Um, I, I think um, I think it's a really positive thing. And and I'm excited uh, just to, yeah. to see how it plays out. I think an education component, obviously, I'm very biased, would be an amazing idea um, because there is a, a big knowledge gap or, or many knowledge gaps, actually, you know, as, as, as technology continues to advance. Um, because for all of the uh, ready, ready baked, right, uh, systems that are out there, you know, the plug and play systems of the world. I, I still work with customers all day long um, that don't come, you know, they're end users. Uh, they're not, not even in-house ed integrators, right? Like in higher ed or something. So these are just end users and they come from technology, information technology, mm -hmm. and they'll talk out an idea that they have with me and I hear what they're saying. And it sounds really legitimate, but the complete premise is flawed and it doesn't work that way. You know, like yeah, they've yeah, exactly, totally oversimplified exactly. in their head how yeah. easy it is to pull that off. And I'm like, that is awesome. As soon as we get that physics bender completed, sir, we will be able to pull that off. Whippersnapper, no problem. But in the meanwhile, no, it doesn't work that way. You know, yeah, we, do, uh, we, we get that too as well. We sometimes get folks who, and look, I get it. Not not every school, um, regardless of whether it's higher ed, particularly if it's not higher ed, yeah, uh, they don't have the budget for an in-house AV team, right? Right. That 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 has nothing to do with education. That literally, they're AV people. They've got their CTS or their CTSI or D or both, or they, you know, or their uh, IT network people with their RCDD and these, yep. you know, serious technical people. That that's pretty rare. A lot of times the person we're talking to, particularly if you get into the K-12 area, is going to be the theater teacher. Yeah. Right. And the, or the media studies teacher, because, well, they use TV, so they must know how to install and design system. And, you know, we got to work with them. And then a lot of times we do run into that same situation where they have built out a design and they have a bill of materials and they've got a line drawing and it, and it, it all looks good and it sounds great until you right. realize that it's built on one faulty premise. Yes. That just right. won't. Now the whole thing has to be redone and resketched, or even they've taken two years to do it and the gear that they spec is no longer available. Oh, so, that's every that's government project. Yeah, I yeah. know now it's okay. every now military. Let's, let's reinvent the wheel again and all that. So we love working with that people and we hope that those, those kind of folks will come to Capitol. I realize it's during the week. So technically it's a school day, but, that's the nature of trade shows, uh, professional trade shows. Anyway, um, we'd love to have them. We'd love to have them come meet some of the manufacturers, uh, sit in on some of the panel discussions. Uh, those would be great things because I think anything that helps our industry put its best foot forward, communicate more effectively, educate yes. people from, from right. the whole gamut, from the specifier all the way to the end user, that's nothing but good. Right. And it gets another avenue than to standardize because, you know, right now we have one organization that's been driving the bus and to have an option out there because I know there's a 
lot of people that have some frustrations with the big organization. Uh, and you know, it's the way some, the way some things were run with it and how information is, uh, put disseminated. out there. Yeah. yeah. Disseminated. And, you know, especially with some of the learnings. Uh, no, totally. And I, and I would, and I would argue and look, I get it. An organization is nothing but a group of people. Right. right. Yep. And just like anything else that's alive, it is constantly evolving and morphing. Right. Um, sometimes on purpose, sometimes in reaction to something. Mm -hmm. uh, right. But that's just that's just constant. So I get that the uh, program that I signed up for 20 years ago mm -hmm. is not the program that's currently available. Right. 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 Exactly. And yes. Whether that's good or bad, we could probably find points for both. You know, right. it's just it's different, and I think some people are welcoming of an option. I think right. that, that's and my I, point yeah, too. Yeah. So I, I think resources. You know, I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see, you know, back in the day, there was a lot more hands-on, right? Right. To prove that you could build a rack and you could prove. Oh yeah. Stuff like that. But, but, but I get it now. The downside is that really limits your pool because somebody has to be in person and now it's a thing and you can do it online. And of right. course the internet didn't even really exist that way 20, 30 years ago. It does now. So we take advantage of that. So there's options. So somebody so told me there used to be a live events certification and that some people still hold this certification. Like they just could keep renewing is like a badge of honor. Is that yes. true? Now there, you, there is another organization now that that does live event certification. Um, and, nice. and, but but again, that has to be done in person. Sure. They're, looking, right. they're looking for some actual certain mechanical skills that they need to see you be able to do. It's not all book learning. There is some book learning, but there's some hands-on. Right. So by comparison, that organization's uh -huh. number of certified people is very low because you, the whole mechanism of seeing somebody do it in purpose, um, in, uh, sorry, in person automatically limits how many people can do it in a given year. I would love to see the practical portion. They they back up an 18 wheeler and then they time you on how many line arrays and how they, they're properly stacked. You know what I mean? It like is, how many pelican along, cases, it, right? I don't know. <laughs> it is something along those lines. And and things like you have to demonstrate you know how to tie a bowling chain. And no, no, no. You stand 20 feet back and you just throw a bunch of Proco gear against the wall and see how many fall in the Pelican case. And then, like, you have to get a certain percentage, right? Gaff tape etiquette. Oh, yeah. No, I love it. I want to be there for that. I want to see that. That would be awesome. Well, thank you. You know, I, I a lot, of, there's a lot to be said because I had gone through, uh, I was, searching the, to the ends of the internet one day and I came a, across some alcove of historical pictures, right? And from way back in the day, I don't remember whose cash it was on Flickr or something that's still out there, right? And right. like, y'all, there was a, there used to be regional Infocom shows. There was one in Dallas. They had armadillo races, Jerry. Who oh, knew? Wow. I had no idea. <laughs> I love it. What? Hey, Why are we doing that anymore? Listen, if anybody absolutely has to have one, I'll, I'll find some armadillos and, you know, I will say one of the highlights of the TCEA, which is the K through 12 education show that they do in Austin every year for the state of Texas. Uh, the poly at the time, polycom people uh, had a baby kangaroo 
with a tutu on. And I must say, I was all <laughs> over that baby kangaroo. She was so cute. I was like, what? I, livestock? We're bringing animals? Oh, my God. This is great. Um, well, that's a good point. If we do the armadillo races, I got to get a permit. <laughs> Yeah, right. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. It is Vegas. I'm sure there's a permit yeah. fee, right? You know. Um, well, thanks for doing that. And I do think that that's probably yeah. it's uh, is Cablo. Is this a, a name that you just made up? Um, it, is it is it is an anagram, and I uh -huh. think most people can figure out the first four, mm -hmm. especially if you've been uh, following like our press releases and looking at our website. It's the fifth one. That's the big mystery. And we're debating, we're thinking of actually having a contest with a cash prize mm -hmm. at the show for anyone who can figure out what the whole anagram. Is. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, I'll go with that. That's good. And where can people find out? Where can our, where can our five listeners find out more information about this show? www.pavlo.com Cavlo.tech. And do you have a hashtag? Um, we have a hashtag, Cavlo2021, as in 2020. Nice. Cavlo2021. And we're on and Twitter. You can find us uh, at Cavlo underscore tech. And we're on LinkedIn. You'll also find us Cavlo underscore tech. And is there maybe a chance that if if all things go well, that, that this might be something that you might recreate in other parts of the country? I have been uh, asked that question more times than I suspected I would have been. Oh, nice. Um, Good. My focus for the next uh, 30 days is uh -huh. on May 13th. Okay, gotcha. On May 14th, we'll, 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 look, we'll start looking more deeply into that question. But, but obviously, if anything goes well, you know, if people like something and it provides value to all the parties involved, then then we look at that right and and if we can recreate it and but that's also the trick right i saw so i've been in vegas for 20 years so i happen to know yeah uh, and i was a rep for a while covering southern cal so that's part of you know my ability to do this well this, right could i myself pick this up and move to dallas or miami and pull it off i i don't know that i could do that that well so if i can't do it well i won't if i think i can do it well and you went to a UT, your hook'em horns? I did. I am a longhorn. Greatest uh, in the world. You nice. might notice the lovely shade of orange. I did. I did <laughs> notice <laughs> that burnt it, orange, sir. It's in all versions of our logo, and you'll find it many places on the website. And that is my little homage to the longhorn. Awesome. Well, there what do you go. think, Jerry? Isn't Mike a great guy? Absolutely. I'm excited. Yeah. I know. You guys, you guys should come and do a live podcast from the show floor. I totally agree. That would be wonderful. I'll, I'll I'll have to check out uh I'll have to check out flights and see if I can afford. Jer Jerry's uh Jerry's doing a little freelance stuff. He's uh he's an audio engineer, although a lot of people have been approaching him, so the market is definitely warming back up. These are strong indicators. He's never gone this long without having a full-time job in his life, so that's no, kind it's, of odd. It's definitely waking back up. I, I, yeah. I would imagine if if you are Sleeping in and doing side gigs much longer, Jerry, it's because you want it, not because somebody <laughs> hasn't made you an offer. He's been working yeah. hard, man. He deserves yeah. a break. But uh, he's got his wife uh, doesn't mind being a sugar mama, but uh, mm -hmm. she she uh, she likes it when he stays productive. Does she have we, a sister? Unfortunately, <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> <laughs> not. I know, right? <laughs> but now we appreciate yeah. you joining us today. Yeah, thanks this for having like me. Great show. I love you guys. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate the invitation. And, and, and seriously, I hope I see you on the show floor. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I'll be checking out Southwest Flights uh, as soon as we get off this uh, this production. So there thanks might for joining be a us. Flight or two to Vegas from wherever you are. I know that's today. the great thing. That's yeah, the great thing about hour. Vegas. So <laughs> awesome. All roads lead to Vegas. Well, good. That's right. Well, thanks, okay. Mike, and Thank uh, everybody. Keep that in mind. If you if you're jonesing to go to Vegas, uh, Mike's got a show, and it sounds like it's going to be a great one. So. Yes, it does. We're done. We're out. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a good one. And we'll look forward to the next one. Thank you for listening to Mostly AV Who We Are show. We hope you have a wonderful day and that you stay safe. Until next time, take care and stay AV awesome.